0: welcome to for the long run the podcast exploring the why behind what keeps runners running long strong and motivated i'm your host jonathan levitt through personal and professional connections in the running world i have the privilege of getting to know some amazing athletes i've always been fascinated by the psychological aspect of running and this podcast is aimed at exploring this and much more i hope you enjoy Welcome back. I have Ruby Wiles joining me on the podcast today. Ruby, thanks so much for taking some time to chat.
1: Thank you very much for having me.
0: For sure, you. Uh, I think you win the award of uh, most um, excited and um, uh, energetic listener. So, congrats on that.
1: Oh, I'll take it. A
0: badge. <laughs> yes. Um, well, awesome. It's fun to uh, fun to to have you on for a chat here. Um but before we go too far um first question who is ruby
1: Okay I I knew this was coming but that doesn't <laughs> it's like make a, it any Like a test easier when you
0: have run. the the answer the, the questions ahead of time
1: <laughs> It doesn't make the questions any easier to answer because <laughs> it's it's a big question um I guess there's two layers to me you have the The more superficial layer on the outside, in which I'm, uh, an athlete. I'm British. I'm a daughter. I'm a friend. I am a student. And then you have the more deeper side to me, which is kind of more about my qualities that I mean, I I pride myself on. I think I'm gritty. I think I'm stubborn. I think I have good intentions. My, I may not always do things the right way, but I think I have good intentions and I think I'm a constant student of life.
0: I love that. Always growing, always learning and uh, evolving. Um, So I definitely want to dive into the gritty, stubborn and good intentions, but Um, Given this is a running podcast, we'll set the stage um, with the running. Um, So you said you're British and you're a runner. Um, Where and when did you go for your first run?
1: Um, I thought I'd say I was British to save everyone else listening to the interview, trying to think, am I Australian? Am I South African? (laughs) But no, I'm British. Um, Where did I go for my first run or when? uh Bob. um i i think i will i know i first started running in school um when i i'm not quite sure how the grades correlate so i'll just use age um i was probably about um 9 or 10 and we would every year at my school we would just do one 800 meter run, um, in our PE lesson, uh, during the summer where we would like do some track, but I mean, it wasn't like organized. It was just for the PE lesson. And we had this, I think it was about 150 meter grass track. I mean, it seemed big, but I guess when you're small, it seems big, but it must be about 150 meters because I remember that for the 800, we ran six laps of it and it was an awfully long way and, and everyone hated it. And I was never, I, I don't believe I am naturally a talented athlete. I was never picked really for any teams and Everyone hated it, so I decided that I was going to like it. I mean, I had always stuck out a little bit at school, and so I don't really know, upon reflection, why I chose to stick out any more by choosing to enjoy the one activity everyone hated. <laughs> but beside, but I think it was in that eight hundred meters where I I wasn't good. I was awful actually, but everyone went off really fast as they always do sprinting, you know, the first lap or two. And then I just remember them giving up and a lot of the other girls just walking I mean, the ones that could run would run, but the what uh, most of the people would just start walking. And I think upon reflection, this was like the first time that I, I saw that kind of stubborn and gritty side to myself because I just kept running and I found it so motivating and rewarding that gradually I, as the laps went on, I would overtake people and sure. I, I can't say I liked the running, but I liked that I seemed to have this thing to my mind that other people didn't. And, and I just, I kept running. I mean, I, I didn't win. It's not a Cinderella story. I, I just, yeah, kept going.
0: And here we are today, you're running collegiately and, um, you've had some ups and downs along the way. So I'm, I'm curious what's from that first 800 meters to, to today, um, what did that look like? And how did you, how did you get to a point where you were able to run at a collegiate level or at the collegiate level?
1: I think I just don't know how to give up in terms of. Once I set my mind to something, I, I don't, yeah, I'm, I'm probably too dumb to think about, uh, feel like the possibilities are like the probability. So I just keep going. Um, how did I get to collegiate? I, I never, this, this is good. I don't know. I never thought it was gonna be for me. Um, in the UK, there's a perception I, I well I had a perception can't speak for everyone that it was only the people that were representing Great Britain in the international junior competitions like world Juniors or European juniors that would um, get the opportunity to run America. And so for that, I know that there's the kind of times that those girls are running is like in high school, the, the, the girls representing Great Britain are running under 205 for 800 meters or 16 minutes for 5k or, um, under 420 for 1500 meters. And look, I was way off. I mean, in high school, I mean, I'm only a year out from high school. So in high school, my 5k PR was, I think I only broke 20 minutes in the 5k, my senior year of high school. I only really started running when I was like, I say running, like, yeah, running out of choice for after like when i was 15 um so yeah coming to the us was never something i saw for myself and i was actually um due to start medical school in the uk this time last year um in the uk if you uh you can if you get the very top grades you can go to medical school and study as an undergrad and i was lucky enough to have like had that opportunity so To me, that was what I was going to do. Um, And then towards, and then the summer of my senior year in high school, I competed in the British champs for uh, the under 20s. And um, I won the silver medal in the 5,000 meters. I mean, it wasn't a particularly fast time, but a silver medal is a silver medal and you can only race two turns up, right? (laughs) Um, exactly yeah and it it was just it was a great great opportunity because there was uh, a lot of coaches had come over from america to watch our junior championships because i guess that's a really where they recruit themselves for the schools and a few coaches spoke to me afterwards and i just started having talks with them and all of a sudden i was I walked away from that meet more excited by the fact that some people from America had talked to me than I was really about the silver medal. And then I was in a bit of a predicament because I was like medical school or running in America. And I mean, spoiler alert, I chose running in America. I just felt like, um, running couldn't really wait and medical school could. And I fully see myself going back to medical, going to medical school in the future because I'm so passionate about like the connection of the human body and the medical side of sport. Um,
0: what, type time, of, what type of medicine?
1: Um, I have so many different interests, but I really see myself wanting to be, uh, work in sport. So I'm thinking of maybe being a team doctor. I think it'd be an awesome job to be uh, the team doctor for one, a top professional team or like, um, a national team, something like that. I think, um, yeah, I, but I, I am also really interested in like the nerdy doctor stuff, like the guys that are, in the labs and doing the research for like, um, for biomechanics and, um, the kind of kinesiology anatomy, like movement kind of science. Um, I don't know if you've seen the kind of work that was behind the whole, um, breaking to an Ineos 159 challenge where, I don't know, you just had all the doctors, uh, looking at the minutiae as to what, they could do to improve performance, but I'm a bit of a nerd.
0: (laughs) Yes, I know. I think the, the, the overlap of like personal interest and personal growth and your own experience with the professional pursuits is, is fascinating. Um, So to that, to that point, you posted recently a blog with the caption, a minor setback paves the way for a major comeback. So I, I like to use the line, sometimes you have to pull back to spring forward. Um, so you talked in that post about um, some some biomechanical issues and um, stress fracture that you've had. So if it's okay, I'd, I'd like to sort of go into um, where you're at today. Um, in that post, you said I'm not doing great. Injured athletes never are. Um, I think that this is important. It's an important discussion to have and share because there's so much out there on like success stories and people who get injured and recover and feel amazing and PR and all that good stuff. Um, but I don't think there's enough said about or or um, talked about while somebody's like in the thick of it. So um, if it's okay with you, can we can we dive into that?
1: For sure, and actually, I just want to say I don't want to take credit for that quote because it wasn't from me. I don't know who it was from. I put my hands up. I didn't invent that <laughs> quote. I used.
0: Um, I I didn't invent mine. Uh, invent mine either. I just uh, repurposed somebody's quote. But exactly. Um, um. I
1: I I actually really like where you're coming from with your point because I I didn't tell anyone about my injury until I posted that blog I I have kept it completely quiet and if you'd asked me a week ago to talk about it I would have said no because I hadn't like quote-unquote gone public um it I was having a conversation with a friend of mine who um works at a supplement company which I think is uh I mean, he's a friend of mine, but I love the supplements as well. Uh, it's called currents. Um, and we were just having a chat. He's really giving me some pointers on just organizing my life a little bit in terms of, you know, planning out blogs and social media. And, and he was, we were talking and saying like how we wish, um, you know, didn't just see the, the hear about the injury afterwards and see the kind of the comeback that you so often hear. And, and also I was really struggling to find research online about sacral stress fractures or anything bony above the leg. There's so much, I mean, there's not that much out there, but what is out there about stress fractures is all about the feet, the ankles, the legs. There's nothing about the pelvis, literally. Um so I thought that other people might be experiencing similar symptoms and thought I would share my story. Um and so the blog I shared really just went from the first pain I had to stopping running. And I, I haven't I must confess I haven't actually had an MRI. So it might like so there is a small chance that it's not a stress fracture but I'm treating it as if it is one and speaking with my coach, we are pretty certain it is. So I just want to put that out there, but, um, I I've kind of gone off on a track. I can't remember what your
0: question was. So the question is, um, we're digging into like, how are you doing now? And, and talking about that from, yeah. and, And from the lens of, um, let's talk about things when they're not going great.
1: For sure. And I, um, I'm very privileged in a way that I've I've never had an injury in my, in my running career, like all life so far. Like the only times I've been kept out of running are for accidents because I'm rather accident prone, like falling over and tripping, but I've never had like a running injury. So, but I think that backfired and that's what I wrote about in my blog. I think the fact that I've never had a running injury meant that I didn't spot the red flags or warning signs until my body was at a place that was more hurt. I I, I, I haven't been injured, so I, I didn't really understand where the what like the gray zone between this is a normal ache, this is just stiffness, which is what my pain started off as. It just started off as a I'd wake up in the morning and have a little stiffness in my like in my glutes and lower back. But then after foam rolling and after the first mile of my run, I'd be, I'd be totally normal. So I didn't think that it was anything more than just sleeping funny. Or at first I thought I was just sitting down too much because with COVID, I'd been a lot less active during the day. And, and so I I didn't really know what, And I, I still don't really know myself when it went from a normal stiffness to uh, Ruby, something's wrong. But um so yeah, what's wrong is I am believing that I have a sacral stress fracture or a stress reaction. But I'm treating it as if it's I'm taking like the most precautions and thinking I've got a sacral stress fracture and until I can get an MRI in January and see my coach in person. Um and so I'm not running. And the first few weeks, it's been four weeks now, four weeks yesterday of not running. And the first few weeks were, were okay because I was still in a lot of pain. And to be fair, it was a bit of a relief not running. I, before that I was, it took quite a while for me to psych myself up to run because I knew the first mile or two, I'd be in a lot of pain, like hobbling along and I kind of, I don't know. I I think I needed the permission from someone else to be like Ruby, stop running. Um, and then it, the hardest part actually has been the last week when I'm not in pain during day to day life. So walking around or lying in bed because it got to the point where it was keeping me up at night. Uh, taking off my shoes, like walking up and downstairs, like I'm not in pain anymore, and. That's what's messing with my head because I want to run. I w- I just want to move. <laughs> but it's what you can't see that, like, that needs the healing. Like, it's the body needs healing, and 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 I know that that will only happen if I continue to rest. And so I, I'm I'm all in on this process of resting because I only want to go through this recovery process once. And I know that if I rush right. it or run too early, I'll set it back and I'll have to go through it again. Whereas I'm like, I'm going to go through this once and once we'll get is all. Um, but I think in terms of like me not doing okay, I think that was just like, I love running and, and this is slightly off running, but at the moment I'm going through a tougher time because I am miles away from my family and friends in the UK. I am in between schools in January. I will be headed to a different school than I finished this semester at. So I, my future is a bit uncertain. I, I, I'm still living in my dorm room, but everyone really from campus has gone back home and well, not really, they, they have. And The village, well, not the village, the small city of Alamosa where Adam State is, is just that very small, remote. Uh, It's a bit of a ghost town at the moment, I must admit. And there's no one around and I don't have my family. And for me, normally, Christmas is a very special time for for me. I I love Christmas. It's my time where my inner child can be free. (laughs) And... That combined with an injury has been really hard because these emotions, I my, my way to deal with these emotions is to run them out, <laughs> go for a run and clear my head. But now I don't have that option.
0: So what, what have you been doing? How have you been um, dealing with
1: it? I... I've been really creative recently and I, I think maybe this is because one, I've had the time, like I have nothing to do. Um, well, I have plenty to do actually. That's, that's a lie. I I'm keeping myself busy, but I, and maybe this comes into a, a like a slightly different topic, but I guess because I'm not running, my body has more energy because I, mm-hmm. I, as people should you, as people you shouldn't reduce what you're consuming if you're injured because your body needs a fuel. um so eating the same amount really and so my brain has like more energy and I, I think that could be why I have just felt so creative recently I've been doing a lot of writing and reflecting and yeah and I've really been able to write yeah write some blogs just process my thoughts. And think introspect, which is dangerous at times, but I think you come out the other side and, and I've been loving reading. I've re- I, I'm have i a huge bookworm and I'm actually, I've actually drafted out a blog to come out next week about my favorite books of 2020. But the last few weeks I've been reading so much.
0: So the part about, um, what was it? The part about, the introspection and writing um has that always been a tool that that you've used in times like this and and in general
1: it's been a tool that i've wanted to use <laughs> what do you mean? it's been something that i know is helpful to me and that i wish i did more of
0: what why is it helpful
1: I think and also I'm not very good at writing in the moment. I'm good at reflecting <laughs> on things. I, w- I wish I was better at writing in the moment, but I'm not. Um I think I think it makes me feel it allows me to understand my emotions and my thoughts a bit better and make me kind of like piece together a a jigsaw a little bit because sometimes I think that the way my the thoughts I might have are totally random, but then writing them down, you can kind of trace back the roots and the origins of the thoughts and realize that realize where they came from. And through my blog, actually, um, or even just social media, sometimes if I've, I'm trying to be more open on my blog and my social media about some of the reflections I'm doing and and I feel so much less alone. It's silly saying it, but when people read and when I read other people's posts and other people's stories, you can draw parallels um yeah between you and them, and you feel less alone. You feel like, oh, I'm not the only one thinking this way
0: yeah no i I totally agree um I think that we've seen that. Um, over and over in social media and um, with athletes that we both follow and respect and whatnot and I think that and athletes I've had on the podcast and and anytime somebody sort of opens up about something they're struggling with or um, going through or whatnot it's it's fascinating to hear the feedback of oh I'm do I'm going through that too like when I had um, when I had someone on the podcast and we talked about depression and suicide and all that stuff, um, I got dozens of messages from people saying like, wow, I don't feel alone. And that's been the worst part. Um, so I think, I think it is so important to to do that. And you can't, can't s- state that enough.
1: I, I couldn't agree more. Um, mental health is something that I've struggled with a lot through different periods of my life from a very young age. And hearing the stories of athletes very su- and very successful people that have had struggles too, makes me think, Oh wait, I can still achieve my goals despite struggling with my mind. I can still be a su- su- successful athlete despite also being on antidepressants and uh, being in therapy and having these struggles. Um, I can do all this, in spite of mental challenges I face. And that's been really helpful to know.
0: Definitely. Um, so, I mean, someone that we both have referenced before, Alexi Pappas, um, pot, prior podcast guest, an amazing athlete herself, um, came out with a, a video documentary through the New York Times, uh, Lindsay Krauss, who continues to put out amazing stuff. This um, She is wonderful and, uh, she is doing so much for the sport and people in general. Um, so Alexi posted in case you missed it, the brain is a body part. Um, and so what she was referring to is that, um, you go to a doctor if your leg is injured or you have a bruise and she's like, you know, this is a bruise for your brain. And it's totally normal to seek out help. Um, Scott Fobble on the episode that we did, he said something along the lines of, you know, nobody would think twice if you, if you went to a doctor because your foot was injured or whatever. So why is there so much stigma around going to a doctor when your brain is injured? And even just like saying that, it's like, oh, that's interesting um, I mean,
1: I think. Sorry to interrupt, but I think the same about calling into your workplace. And you, you, you. If you called in and said, "Is it okay if I have the day off? My stomach's upset. Is it okay if I have the day off?" Um. Uh, I cut my leg yesterday, and I'm struggling to walk. That, that that's all culturally right, totally normal. Quote, unquote, yeah, they would say yes, acceptable. They'd say yeah, sure. But if you called in and said, "Look, I'm having a really bad mental health day." look, my, my head's a mess. Um, my head feels hot and angry and, and I, I'm struggling to concentrate. What would they say? Mm, man up or laugh at you or, or just belittle you and be like, get your butt out the door into to work right now. Um, yeah.
0: So I agree. Um, and so I agree that that's the case in America for sure. Is the UK any different in that regard? No. no. Um,
1: the UK is very different in a lot of things, but no, I, I'm i speaking from my experience in the UK. So hearing it yeah. to say in America is, is no surprise.
0: Yeah, I think, I, I don't know how, I don't know what the solution is, but I think continuing to talk about it and, um, again, have these conversations and the more people that feel comfortable asking those questions and, um, going down that road, I think that gets us closer to the desired outcome.
1: I do want to add that maybe this is because the UK is smaller. Um, uh, there is, and because we have a centralized health system and there is a bit more progression in terms of this area that I've noticed in America, um there's a bit more understanding and and acceptance, but there's still a long way to go, but there is improvement being made
0: that is that is good to hear at least um so in the intro, you talked about being gritty, stubborn, but having good intent- gritty and stubborn but having good intentions how do you how do you take those so switching gears? a lot. Um, how do you take those qualities and, um, sort of sharpen them and use them to your advantage?
1: I think it's a work in progress. <laughs> um, I, I gritty and stubborn in terms of my own, um, passions and, and, uh, pursuits and goals like coming to america and continuing to run and even when um covid hit and training was affected like i still got out the door and got my miles in i still kept training doing my workouts uh no matter where i was or what the circumstances were i did it in a safe way but i i didn't let anything stop me um, uh, when the pandemic hit, I still had half a semester to finish off and I did that from my room. I continued the online learning and achieved the top grades that I need, that I, I wanted for myself and I didn't, yeah. I mean, when I have my, my like head fixed and something, whether it's like achieving good grades or being as good as I can or trying to find out how good I can be in my running. I I don't really know how to take a I don't really know how to take an exit on the highway. I don't know how to how to pivot or give up. So I just keep plowing on. And yeah. in terms of having good intentions, I think it I don't know, I I mean well with everything I do, whether it's for myself or for others. And I think sometimes it backfires, but I think everyone has that in terms of trying to do things with a good heart and I don't know, coming back. Like for example, I have come to America and I have good intentions and my intentions coming to America were to study hard, to get a good scholarship, uh, to run good, and to um, just, yeah, have a great experience. But it slightly backfired because I made those choices, not understanding how how a pandemic would hit. And throughout this past year, I found myself quite isolated and lonely and struggling very much financially um, over the summer and even now a little bit, um, just finding the money for groceries. Uh, uncertainty about where I'd be living um, and just being alone. I mean, I had good intentions coming to America, but it didn't mean that everything went smoothly.
0: (laughs) Right. So what was it like? I've had a lot of pro athletes on and talking about training on a team in 2020 and the experience that they've had there but I haven't talked to anybody and I, and I've talked to people who graduated college and became pro runners. Um, but I haven't talked to anybody who was in school and is in school during this. What, what has that experience been like? What was it like training over the summer and even in the spring, um, when there was so much uncertainty around?
1: I think I I did hear your episode with Tyler Day and, heard about his perspective. And I think mine's almost the complete opposite. He was graduating and he obviously, yeah, had a very different experience, but I've not known any other experience in America. Uh, so I don't know. I don't have anything to compare this to. I right. arrived in America in January and the pandemic hit in early March. In the first, in the six weeks before the pandemic hit, I was still a, a kind of like, adjusting to America. So I I never really had the college experience. I didn't. And I had some eligibility issues. I just like transferring my transcripts from like the UK to America. So I I actually didn't compete at all indoors. So I I have never competed in America. I, I haven't had any of the race experiences. I haven't been on a traveling team yet. I haven't. Yeah, all these things that for a lot of student athletes would be so normal for them. I haven't experienced at all. So I can, I can imagine that they'd be lovely, but, but this is the only experience I've known. So it's kind of like odd because yeah, I, I was, I'm a freshman and, and this is my American experience. So the way I think about it is it can only get better from here. Right. When COVID <laughs> dies down, my, my expectation, my bars set very low, but. I think in a way that might have made it easier for me than for other athletes that can compare what it was like before COVID and now, but I I can't. Um, Over the summer, I, well, the athletes on the team that weren't internationals obviously went home. A lot of the internationals went home too. I stayed in America. I was very fortunate to be able to make some connections and, uh, find a place to stay for the summer or places. I kind of bounced around a little bit and I'm very grateful for anyone and everyone that gave me a, a bed (laughs) and a roof over my head over the summer. Um, I, uh, um, uh, reached out to a, A great coach, Matt Daniels, who helped me uh, over the summer with some training. I kind of uh, used my own knowledge as well because I was the one that knows my body the best. I knew the demands of trying to run in the Texas heat and humidity of the summer and, and I made it through.
0: What was it like working with uh, Matt? I've gotten to know him as a friend and athlete. Um, and I've heard amazing things about him as a coach, but I'm curious to hear uh, your experience.
1: I only worked with him for quite a really short time, actually only a, a couple months, but I, I have had some different, less positive experiences with coaches. So what stood out to me was how nice Matt was to me. Like, he praised me in my workouts. Like I, I know this, my other coaches had good intentions, so I'm not going to mention their names, but I never received much positive reinforcement after workouts. I always received a lot of criticism or you were too slow on this, or you didn't do this right. Or this was, yeah, I never really like, so if my coach in the past had ever said that was okay, to me, that would feel like winning a gold medal because she said, okay, she's not <laughs> giving me criticism. But for yeah. once, Matt was like saying, wow, that was wonderful. Even when I was hard on myself and even when I was saying that was slow, he'd be like, no, that was good. I'm happy with your effort. And that <laughs> was almost – it was definitely too good to be true. I kept messaging him being like, are you sure? Could I have done something like this better? Could I have done that? Yeah. He'd be like, no, it was good. Um, so, no, he was really – really encouraging and supportive and that was what I needed over well that's what I think all athletes need but particularly over the summer when I had a lot of other pressures weighing me down and just the mental like I I did struggle with my mind and depression over the summer and having Matt there to give me the boost that I didn't have in other aspects of life was wonderful so yeah I have nothing but great things to say about him
0: yeah. It's awesome to hear. Um, he and I share the same coach and, um, they're infectious, but their positivity is infectious and, um, incredible. And it, it's so genuine. <clears throat> I've shared some runs with Matt. Yeah. I've shared some runs with Matt. I've podcasted with him. We've, um, hung out in Colorado and California, and all these other places. And that's just who he is to his core. And, um, I think everybody needs that kind of energy and positivity. David, my coach is like that. And,
1: um, your own personal cheerleader.
0: Yeah. And so like I have a therapist and if my therapist was my personal cheerleader, I would get a different therapist. But if a coach is that, I think that's, I think that's great.
1: Um, I agree. And, And I just want to say, I, I love you, Matt, but I did. I reached out to David first, but I hadn't heard of Matt, Yeah. Uh, but I heard of David Roche and Megan Roche and I reached out to them uh, because I've seen what wonderful things they're doing and they recommended me to Matt. And so Matt came with the highest recommendations and he was wonderful.
0: That's so great to hear. Um Yeah. I think that, so I, I was saying that um, David was that for me where like I needed it this year as well. And it's like that reinforcement that what you're doing is right and what you're doing is great and blah, 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 blah. I think it's, um, I think it's super important. Um, Matt wrote in a question and he said, um, favorite mountain run location at Adams State?
1: Oh, well. Wow. I'm sorry to disappoint you, Matt. I've I've only been able to have... Uh, yeah. Um, I've had an interesting experience at Adams State because of the COVID, uh, COVID, meaning that we haven't been able to travel to the mountains, really. Um, so I've only actually been on one mountain run and it was great, but it was also awful. We went <laughs> um, to this mountain... We went up this trail called Rock Creek and I think we climbed over... Oh, uh, I want to say we climb, I can't remember. I will, let me have a quick look up, but we, um, it was basically, uh, we were dropped off at the bottom of this mountain and we ran up the mountain for about 10 miles and we reached the top and it was, it was beautiful. It was a lovely mountain run, but then we were driven back down and that didn't sit with me. I wanted to run back down. Like I wanted <laughs> the reward for like climbing this or running up this huge yeah, mountain. Yeah, yeah, the
0: the downhill is the is the reward.
1: Yeah, and so what? It was in if it was an extra ten miles, I'd be like, no, <laughs> well, I want that's I some want downhill. downhill. exactly. Especially as my fastest mile on this run, which this this had like a dip in it, so it was like part of it was downhill. Was like about uh, it was just under seven minute a mile, but then. That was my fastest by like two minutes. The rest of mine were yeah. close to nine, and then the last three was so hard. And I, I think, I think I finished with some miles, like eleven minutes, twelve minutes, and I was running hard, and it was wow. It was, it was, it was a great run because, well, it was my first mountain run, and it was a great run because going back to my first eight hundred, I, I persisted, I gritted it out, and and when others i wouldn't say that they didn't give up because not all the team gave up but when others were struggling more i i i kept going and i was proud of my effort that day
0: that's awesome um, yeah sorry go ahead i don't have anything to say <laughs> i was going to say the the discrepancy between what's hard on a mountain and what's hard flat is, is wild. I mean, I've run a 25 minute mile that was hard on a mountain, then, uh, you know, a seven minute mile flat that felt easy. And so there's, you know, no comparison between, um, mountains. I I think that's what I love a lot about it. Um, do you think that when you get back into running that you might weave some of that in?
1: Oh, I I feel like, I feel not guilty, but I feel annoyed that I, I I haven't been able to give this wonderful environment justice. Like I want to go on so many more mountain runs and explore. Um, just going back to that run, I've just pulled up my um, uh, GPS data from it. And I see that my fastest mile was 7.06 and my slowest was 10.36. Uh, and... Um, for, well, I'd say three quarters of the run, my heart rate was in like the kind of zone four, one 160 beats. <laughs> and, um, uh, I wanted to look at the elevation gain. Um, we, uh, when we started, we were like, cause obviously I'm um, at altitude, we were at about uh, 9,200 feet. Um, and then we finished at closer where, to.
0: Where is this?
1: I'm in Alamosa, Colorado.
0: Oh, 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 got it, got it, got it. Uh,
1: so we started about 9,200 feet and we finished it close to like uh, 11,200. <laughs> so it was, it was a big day.
0: That is a lot. <laughs> and those downhills can wreck you.
1: Oh, uh, we didn't get to run any downhills.
0: I, I know. That's what I'm saying. That would have been a a, a super big day.
1: Oh, I was enjoying it. Just, yeah, I was looking forward to the downhill because also as you run up the mountain and you gain elevation, you lose oxygen. It gets <laughs> harder and the mountain gets steeper.
0: Right. The views get better, though.
1: Yeah. It, I mean, the when we did it, unfortunately, it was uh, autumn, so there was lots of leaves on the trees still. So we couldn't see too much. But, but the, the wonderful thing actually was we started at the bottom and it was like a dusty, warm... Um, oh gosh, I don't know my Fahrenheit, but 25 degrees Celsius, which is like sports bra weather. Yeah. Yeah. Sports bra weather. And then when we were running up the mountain, when we got to the top of the mountain, we could see snow on the peaks of other, um, mountains. And I was freezing despite having run up this mountain. I was like, I need gloves. I need a hat. I need a long sleeve top, please. Now,
0: (laughs) I just checked my math. It's 77. So pretty damn close. Um, yeah, so oh, wow. <laughs> I'm going to pat myself on the back for that one. Um, yeah, it's wild how, um, how it can go from, you know, pretty warm and hot to um, pretty pretty warm and hot, pretty hot to, um, to cold in, in that type of environment. Um, I,
1: but you you would think because you're running up a mountain, so you're putting a lot of effort out. I said, my heart rate was like one sixty. I was working right. hard that my body would be warm, but it wasn't, it was cold. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh,
0: it's all part of the experience. Um,
1: I think it must be that- closer to like in the forties when we got to the top of the mountain, it was cold.
0: And then, just to to stop, you get even colder. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> um, so, switching gears a little bit, what what do you wish? What do you know now that you wish you knew when you started running?
1: I wish I knew that um, that there's no one way to the top. There's, am not. I'm not saying I'm at the top. But there's no one journey. And if you're not on that journey, it doesn't mean you can't reach the same destination.
0: I love that. Well, very cool. Um, I think that's a good place to wrap. If we want to follow you and your adventures and writing and introspection, where can we find you? Where is your corner of the internet?
1: Oh, my corner is just one corner. I use Instagram. Um, it's my name R Wiles. Well, like my R and then W Y L E S X O X on Instagram, and in my bio on Instagram, there is a link to my blog, which is probably the easiest way to find that too.
0: Awesome. Well, Ruby, thanks so much for taking some time to chat today, and uh, hope to see you on top of a mountain or at a track or somewhere fun sometime soon.
1: I'm honored that you would want me on the podcast because you've had so many of my idols.
0: (laughs) Well, thank you for coming on. And you've done so much promotion of the podcast and writing about the podcast. So uh, thank you for, for doing that as well.
1: No worries. My pleasure.
0: That's it for today's episode. Like many long runs, it's sad when it has to end. I hope you join in next week on For the Long Run. And in the meantime, happy trails. If you've enjoyed this episode, it would mean a lot to me if you shared it so that others can find it and enjoy it too.